to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of nonsense and a whole lot of football. Maybe. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Chuck Bailey and super producer, Ian Stimson. Boys, how are we doing this week? And welcome to another episode of Insufferable Podcasters, because their teams won against teams that they fucking hate. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Mine didn't, you fucker. Ian... Imagine if we'd have opened the season with a three with a three win sandwich, like a triple decker, an absolute <laughs> triple decker delight. And not only did you not win your first league game uh, to fucking Accrington, named after a bloke down the pub, Stanley, you also ha- are out of the Carabao Cup. So didn't want it. Didn't want it. I'd just concentrate on the league, innit? Yeah. Yeah. You guys coming up this year? Finally, what's the deal? It's happening. Oh, it's happening. It's revenge. It's the revenge season. Yeah. Get re- get revenge on the rest of the EFL that voted that we couldn't play games financially without fans, so we had to end the season. Uh, and then oh, when we and now the all the se- fans are in. It's fine now. It's fine now. Doesn't matter now. Now the new season started. That doesn't matter anymore. Fuckers. Oh, he's had a pint of bitter. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Very bitter. Be careful, mate, just in case your team gets altitude sickness. What's your keeper situation at the Posh? We might have one available soon, and he seems about the right quality, so... I think, I think I'll stick no, with Christy Pym, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Genuinely, would you take Kepa? Absolutely not. No way do I want... I don't want, I don't want Flappy Bird near my team. Well... <laughs> no, you guys... Guaita had himself a fucking week. You have a much better keeper than us. Best best Spanish keeper in the league, mate. That was um, directed at our League One team. <laughs> well, I suppose it'd be nice to, you know, give Pim a little bit of competition for the position, but other than that, I can't see him getting in. <laughs> oh, man. We'll get to the Chelsea stuff later, but uh, Tim Howard made his big debut for the NBC analysis team this year. Um, which is great because he was on a different network. I think maybe Fox. I don't know, but he was wasted. He's He's really, really eloquent and, like, smart. And he spent most of his bit after the Chelsea match just being like, fucking Kepa, man. Jeez. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Love that. He was like, when you're on a top team, you only have one or two saves to make. And he seems to let all of them in, even <laughs> if they're not good. Worst save percentage in the league. He's conceded. I was saving this stat for later, but he has conceded nine goals on the last 13 stats <laughs> shots he has faced. I've got that written down. Ian had that written down, of course. <laughs> I, I had it screenshotted as well on my phone. <laughs> that is a great stat. That, well, it's not. It's a great terrible stat. stat. <laughs> no, fantastic. I think, was Good it Lord. 47% save percentage or something know, last man. year? I don't know, man. I try to Worse, yeah, you, do. you fucking do. It's, in, it's, it's, it's embedded in your psyche. I've got another um, one. He's conceded more goals from outside the box than any other goalkeeper since he joined Chelsea. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just of course, yeah. It's the Wayne Hennessy effect. It's the Wayne Hennessy effect. Teams know that his positioning is terrible. His reflexes are terrible. His athletic ability is terrible. His uh, uh, willingness to go ahead with substitutions is terrible. Um, his face is terrible. Like, when when Leeds play Chelsea and Bielsa's been looking at them videos, they're just going to be shooting from the halfway line consistently. Oh, big time. Well, hopefully by the time they play us, we'll have a different person in the sticks. Actually, I think well, no matter whether we sign someone or not, we're never seeing Kepa again. He was back on his bullshit. He flopped or flapped. What's the verb there? I don't know. Came for a cross and just wildly it. missed it. He kept he it. it. Yeah, he kept it. <laughs> and that wasn't even a good shot. Ugh. Anyway, whatever. This counts as the Chelsea chat, by the way. It's done. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. Big time. <laughs> Finished. <laughs> Proof um, that nominative determinism is a myth. 
<laughs> no keeper, is he? <laughs> well, if you are joining us for the first time this season, welcome to season three of the Miles Offside podcast. As you can already tell, we're not particularly intelligent, but we do talk about soccer anyway. Um, but we are happy to have you on board. If you came back from last year or even season one, any of you OGs out there, thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate it. So happy to have you. Um, and if you know a friend who's looking for a Premier League podcast, this seems like a good time of year to tell them about how very, very dumb we are, but hopefully entertaining. But can I ask that you skip last week's Premier League preview because we said a lot of shit that uh, a couple hey, of days later... I had some good takes last nonsense. week. I'm very happy with how Two that thing. went. Two things, though. One, um, if you're with us because of our Marvel special, um, thanks for stepping around. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you're still waiting for us to talk about comic books again, maybe if we go into lockdown again and football ends, who knows? <laughs> Yeah. And and second of all, I want to caveat this entire podcast for today and the rest of Twitter and say that after one game week of football, no one has learnt basically anything. All their <laughs> takes are hot. They're all over the shop. Nothing means nothing. You can't be an absolute prick for getting one thing wrong in one game week. And you can't have all the drama because Jamie Vardy scored a couple of penalties and maybe someone else put him in their FBL team and, oh, that's basically luck and cheating. Yeah, sad act. <laughs> uh, fast forward wow. 10 minutes when Chuck is just having all sorts yeah. of hot takes and oh. giving me shit for my takes <laughs> off of game week one. Yeah, so I want to make sure and make it very clear that all of my takes today will be very measured, which is why uh, I'm happy to announce um, Crystal Palace are going on the European tour. Thank you. <laughs> very good. Very good. Now, before we get to the football, we do have to talk a little bit of nonsense. Chuck, you mentioned Marvel. I haven't actually asked you, how's that new Avengers game? Is it good? Tell the people it, what to do. It's good. One day we'll get into football inside 10 minutes, guys. I'm really sorry. <laughs> uh, it's good. It feels a bit like a RPG-ish uh, kind of cross between like an Uncharted game with sort of the Marvel stuff put in. It's interesting that the dynamics are different for each character. But I think because it is different to what we're used to with superhero games, i.e. the Arkham games and Spider-Man that are kind of uh, a tiny bit more open world and as well the combat is kind of rigid in that once you learn some button combos, everything is just about timing and those kind of bits. That part is more complicated and it does kind of feel like the levelling up an equipment system is just a bit of like a add it in after for no real reason. Mm. But by and large, the story's really cool. It's good. I'm enjoying it. I'm not really playing it a lot. I'm about to go on holiday. Woo! I'm probably not. All right. Well, thank <laughs> you for joining us. That's the episode this week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chelsea's keeper situation, League One, and some computer game. Perfect. Spot on. That's very on brand. All right. Let's get to the actual football. We are foregoing rapid fire news this week because it's just a bit much. And we're too excited about the matches. So we'll come back with rapid fire news for those of you that were hoping to see it this week. Um, Next week. But well, let's just go ahead and get right to the football. First game of the season, Saturday morning and or afternoon or night if you're in Australia, wherever you are in the world at some point on Saturday. <laughs> just, the, just say the first fucking first game. First game of the season. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm never going to change. Fulham 0, <laughs> Arsenal 3, Fulham 0.1 to Arsenal's 2.2 on XG. Ooh. Gentlemen, a convincing win from Arsenal. How are we feeling about that? Uh, so... Okay, I'd like to take back my earlier caveat in that, uh, yeah, we, we knew a lot about Fulham. That, yes. We knew what Fulham was going to be. I did say they were going to be by far the worst defense in the league, and conceding 3-2 a mid-table team 
is uh, not <laughs> yeah. a good way to start Ooh. the season. I mean, they performed to their numbers. Give them that. Yeah, yeah. Zero point one. You know, that's, that's about zero. right. Yeah, that's that's uh, math, baby. I think the big story here for Arsenal fans probably would be to talk about. They want us to talk about William a little bit. He did look very sharp, very very quick to get out of the gate. There four Arsenal, mm. three assists, I believe, right? Two or three assists. Three? Yeah. Well, the first one, the first one, like it's given as an assist, but it was he yeah. had a shot, the keeper saved it, it went down to Lacazette. So yeah. a bit scrappy, but officially it, an assist. It's yeah. it's what yeah, what level of assist you feel that is. Uh but it was very clear that everything is kind of being put through him. He's just kind of being given the middle of the park and going, You wanna drift right, you drift right, you wanna drift left, drift left, stay on the ball, do whatever, and he's just pinging passes to people left, right and centre. Um, so it's it's interesting to see him in that position because for Chelsea for for so long he was playing on the wing, um, and yeah, and sticking to the wing for the most part too. Yeah, and as his age gets up, you know, the natural thing of a winger is being able to have the pace and uh, beat people, and it's kind of the first things that start to go when he's what thirty one, thirty two, something like something that. something like that. Yeah, and so it saw him a bit revitalized, which probably hurt you a little bit, Oscar, but was good to see. It's interesting for like FPL managers and those kind of things. Um, if we are going to mention news, shall we talk about that Arsenal fans are probably happy that they're not losing a player on a free transfer <laughs> or announcing a contract renewal like it's the biggest signing in the world? Does it show that they're kind of done for the summer? Oh, really? You've taken that to be their big transfer business, just keeping about I mean, when you Yeah, when you're doing videos saying like, I want to be the greatest <laughs> at Arsenal, I look to Thierry Henry and like there's interviews with Henry and Bergkamp like spliced into it and yeah. then Tony Adams. Um, it, it does say to me like, look guys, we've learned from the mistakes of the past. We're not just going to give people expensive contracts and let them run them down and leave for free. We might keep some of our good players. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it feels like it's done. But Arsenal, they've done the job. They've done, they done the wins. Yeah, I, I can certainly speak to the Chelsea perspective here. Watching Willian in an Arsenal shirt was, was pretty upsetting. Like, I'm not going to pretend that it wasn't. Um, you know, he was, he was a really good player for Chelsea. Maybe not so much in the last couple of years. Although his project restart run was phenomenal. Pew. Um, but seeing him in Arsenal was gross. It just, it just didn't feel right. Uh, I would say that I'm still. I did, no matter how good he plays this year, I still think it was the right decision to let him go. Yeah. Given his age, given the players that we have sort of coming in behind him, slash coming in from internationally this year, I I I'm I'm glad he's doing well because I do have love for him from his Chelsea time. You know, he won Chelsea Player of the Year as many times as Eden Hazard did. Like he mm. wasn't nobody at this club. Uh, but I wish he wasn't doing well for Arsenal specifically. But it's just one match. Yeah. So you know. We joke about Fulham, but these aren't the kind of games they're going to target. But with Scott Parker not having sort of any experience relatively in terms of management, you don't know, you know, it'd be interesting to see when they start to play. I think they play Leeds next week, don't they? Uh, Yes. Um, So obviously they played Leeds last season, probably lost both times, but at least this opposition they know. And so it's kind of that's when you start to see it's interesting and how they adapt their game and, and how they actually play. They didn't have Mitro in there. They're kind of a bit of uh, a lot of players came back from loan that they loaned out during the championship season. So now they've come back to play Premier League again. But I still I still worry about Fulham. I still worry about them a lot. I turned to Emily during this match and I said, I this is going to sound like a piping hot take and a ridiculous thing to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. I genuinely believe that they could... They're like 
with a shout, could set the record for the worst team in Premier League history. I mean, it's 11 points, though, Oscar. Like, it's so low. It's, it's so low. It's, it's, so it's low, incomprehensibly low. Like, we always go... We, like, we, we've... We've in recent memory we've had Huddersfield in our league, and they haven't even done that. Like <laughs> this team, it, to me, it doesn't look or sound worse than Huddersfield. I can't think of a weaker promoted team in years, in many years. <laughs> and there's still there's still time for them to strengthen. It's only one game. I know you've got the numbers from the championship to back you up as well, but yeah, you've got facts. We. <laughs> We've got but I've, eyes. I've got a vague feeling that like that, that, that might be all right. <laughs> no, I, I'm just saying Ian's it's only one... questionable guts. <laughs> <laughs> That's a horrible feature. Uh, but I've just got. I, I think what I'm saying is that it, it does just feel like it's one game. They have had recent Premier League experience, and they've still got time to strengthen. Sure. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't. I'm not making that take off of the back of a three 0 loss to Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As much as yeah. like the bigger sort of everything about them, but yeah, it, it, it's. We should give them time, I guess. Give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm not inclined to because I'm a Chelsea Chelsea fan, so fuck them. But like... Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, that massive rivalry that the two teams have because they've <laughs> hey, been really close. in direct, the in direct close. competition for so many years now. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on then to the next match. And that would be... What match was that? Uh, Crystal Palace <laughs> underperforming, Chuck. 1.4 XG to 1... And Southampton, 1.3, scoring zero. So actually, probably should have been a draw according to the underlying numbers. But Palace winning to start off the season. Palace have young players. Palace have attacking players. Palace looked fun. Chuck, how massive is your Palace boner right now? Like, what are we talking? Hard as Valyrian steel or soft as a noodle? Like, where are we at? It's red and blue. I'm (laughs) considering... I'm considering... Getting medical advice because it's been a while. Um, it's it's starting to ache a little bit. No, very good, very good. Um, generating, first of all, generating the XG required to score a goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> not only that, but generating more than the XG required to score that goal. Uh, outperforming the other team in terms of that that kind of generation in play. You know, I don't want to go into about two stats and carrying on defensively. Um, it's it's mad. I mean. Let, taking the game as a whole, Southampton the first half, like they were on the ball, but they were incredibly sluggish and slow. Like it was really weird. And Palace, you know, Townsend showing not last year's Townsend, but the year before, Zaha mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. the same and actually linking up. And Townsend playing crosses that he plays into the box quite a lot, but this time there were two players in the box to get on the end of it. And Zaha, you know, drifted away. They exploited the space behind Carl Walker Peters and he played a great volley that he took, had took time with, measured, put it, slotted it straight in. It was fantastic. But Southampton didn't really... like They controlled the game the first half, but they didn't really have anything going for them. Then the second half came out, and it was the Southampton of like Project Restart that we were all saying about how phenomenal a job Hassan Hootel has done and how they were quick and they, and they, and they were, were looking a lot more coherent and they were ex- exposing Palace a touch, uh, you know, it was down to Guaita making two fantastic saves. I think it was one off Adams and one off Ings uh, from really point blank that it's, uh, you know, such fine margins that then with them we're looking at a Southampton 2-1 win probably. Those were really phenomenal saves too, like outrageous saves. Insane. But you look across the team, I mean, our centre-back pairing was arguably our fifth best centre-back and a central defensive midfielder. <laughs> um, <Yikes. 
<laughs> our right back was Joel Ward, who we've said before, like he's not the future, but as he showed in that game, perfectly serviceable to do the job. On the left, we had uh, Tyreek Mitchell, who, you know, people in their fantasy teams have put him in because he's 4.0. He's, you know, it won't be long before he's touted as being the next Wan-Bissaka, but I don't quite think he's at his level of sort of free and thrown in the team. But he's very much still a deputy to uh, PVA. Um, Eze didn't start, Mitchy didn't start. And so past that, it was very much still kind of the same team as we played with last year. But there was just seemed to be so much more hunger and desire and and to exploit a weakness. I mean, I already said before, like Kyle Walker-Peters and, you know, very much like what happened with Trent Alexander-Arnold um, for Liverpool that we'll get to was so far advanced that it was just easy to play little balls over the top and Zaha was in an acre of space and, and using that, you know, clever clever um insight from from Hodgson to to make sure that Zaha did that. And and he, he just looked like he wanted to play again. And so it was fantastic. And then once Eze came on for what, the last fifteen minutes or so, fifteen to twenty, just having another player who could create something, could do something. I mean, he put Walker Peters on his ass. Fair enough. Then he played a Balassi level cross over the top. But <laughs> South, Southampton. But but what doesn't show at the end of that is Southampton were just like, uh, and you think it goes out for a throw in, but no, Zaha's just stood there and just like uses it to run out the time and whatever. But just having that freed up, well, it meant that Southampton couldn't triple team Zaha and just gave gave that extra option. And I mean, he looked. It looks like the way he plays. Like everything slows down when he has the ball a bit. He's a very relaxed player, which reminds me slightly of like a Deli Alley. Um, like sometimes it could come across as laziness, but it's more that that's just how their pace works. And, and he'll probably get caught out a few times, but it's interesting to then have that different dynamic of them when he can beat someone. Um, but yeah, really positive signs, really positive, especially going forward. We've got. We're playing Bournemouth in about an hour and a bit. Um, obviously, that will be a rotated side in the Carabao. And then a game against United um, at the weekend and genuinely think that we could win it. I mean, we've, we beat, we won at Old Trafford last year. Um, Man United, of course, they've improved with Bruno and those kind of things. They've played one preseason game, which was a 1-0 loss to Villa on Saturday. Um, and so hopefully with a few more players ingrained and just simply the fact that um, we've, we've had a bit more time, that, that we can do something there. And it'd be nice. Yeah, I mean, last time we recorded was, what, like two weeks ago? And it was yeah, a nearly. very, very different picture for Palace. Um, I think, because you guys hadn't signed Eze, you hadn't signed Mishi, there was like no. not much doing. And the, and the, and the Bashoi thing came very much out of nowhere. Um, I, I And it was weird because I even messaged you guys saying I thought it was strange that nothing had come out. And then literally the next day, something had happened. Because we were in for Conor Gallagher, um, who was going to come from Chelsea on loan. But you can only have one loan player from any one club now. Right. Domest domestically anyway. And so it seemed to be like Palace actually had multiple options. And once they had gone in for Gallagher, they knew then that potentially the forward target would be a player like Ollie Watkins, who now Villa have have bought for up to 33 million, I think, with add-ons, which is huge. And so because that option then switched, I think it then became about, OK, well, let's get a striker in on loan to cover. That's why he got offered and changed his mind. And, and you know, all of the stuff that came out, it, it was over the space of, what, about 
three days, I think, and then it was just done. And he was giving these amazing um, interviews where he's saying, like, I feel like I'm home. I know the people here. I know what it's about. And it's it's good vibes, man. This is like what you felt like last year. Like, it's just good vibes. Absolutely. And I think you guys might end up, after all of those transfers and everything, making me and Ian's relegation prediction look very, <laughs> yeah. very silly. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, we're, we're one in of 38. Sure, we, sure. We but it, it, I don't care about the result. Um, as much as the like you described the the different outlets that you guys had in attack mm. compared to last season, I think last season I kept being like, "Where the fuck is Andros Townsend?" And you were like, "I don't know." He just kind of disappeared and/or was injured. But the year before, like he did provide sort of relief for Zaha to be able to do more. Yeah, and he showed that this week. And then now you have Eze. You might be getting Benarama, right? Like that's the new sort of yeah. rumor. Yeah, Ben. Um, yeah, Andros coming back. Like I think if we can get. You know, if he if he can get like a five goal, if you get five goals out of a player like Andros Townsend, you know that. Although it doesn't sound like much, if that scales up across your forwards, then you're going to have a good year. So say like, if we did sign Ben Rama, which would be quite a good coup because he's very much the kind of Palace player, like very flair, flair, attack minded, um, can just be a bit like a maverick in terms of we'll just do a few things and do some wizardry and then create the space. You know, he had a fantastic year last year. I think he got uh, close to 30 combined goals and assists in the championship. Something I feel feels like about nine goals, 17 assists. And Eze had similar kind of numbers going in. And so if you if you have a player like Townsend and Ben Rama, who let's say you get about five or so goals off each, and then you have Eze, you get five. You have a Jordan Ayu, Zaha, you get about 10 off each. And then you've got a player like Michi, who based on his... A uh, kind of goals per minute across his career, you, you're kind of looking maybe at about a 15 minimum. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's certainly in the cards if he can stay healthy and like, yeah, like find right there, some form. Right there across those five, six players, that's potentially what's that maths 45 ish goals. Well, we scored like 31 last year. Right. So yeah. I don't think, I don't really think, I know people will laugh and say, oh, but it's Palace, whatever. But, but having those estimations of players isn't unrealistic. No, and right. it's also not something you've been able to say for years. Mm. So, like, it really is a fundamental but, but, change for you. But guys. it's and, and, but it's simple. Like, you look at you look at Chelsea Chelsea under Antonio Conte, right? Oh no, sorry, Chelsea under Maurizio Sarri. They were still a good team, but once that once other teams identified that everything goes through Jorginho and they shut him down, like the whole system just fell apart and it was it it became a bit of a mess and painful for you, right? Right. Yeah. But well, that's just the exact same thing that's happened with Palace and Zaha, right? For a few years, like if you've got one creative outlet who is the best player on the team, who the game plan is simply give it to him, see if he can do some magic, go, and then you just triple team him or foul him out the game or do whatever because he has this image as a diver, even though he doesn't, and how he whines. But you would too if you had lumps fucking kicked out of you consistently in the top two most fouled players in the Premier League for the last five years. I think the only people that have had more than him were Eden Hazard and Jack Grealish. And so those kind of players says it says it kind of all, really, like key right. points to the team. And so if you just have even just one other option in that kind of mould, teams cannot do it because you'll just get exploited, especially a team like Palace with pace on the counter-attack. I never expected to go for this long, especially... <laughs> yeah, it's been like 20 minutes. Especially, especially, 
especially in a match that was really even. And so, I mean, I laughed because even though it was last season, it only took about 43 seconds for the Southampton 9-0 to be mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) Poor bastards. When is that going to stop from? But it is relevant because Southampton had a really good post-lockdown period. Everyone's been saying, oh, they're they're going to be sort of top 10 team for sure. Yeah, I don't don't worry about them. I don't worry about them off that. I think I think it's yeah yeah I think it's that one was very much a if just a couple of things you know if you don't have a keeper making unbelievable close range saves from within six yards yeah no I'm not suggesting this game should be an indicator that Southampton are done I'm just saying you know the what we were saying before of oh the outlook's not great for Crystal Palace but Southampton probably going to finish top half and then a game like this it just does give you something to sort of hang your hat on a little bit doesn't it that good times are here perhaps and the difference between like 16th place and 9th place is two good signings like it's not that big of a yeah. gap mm. you know what i mean and then palace have done the business like i think we might have to start calling you guys analytics fc at some point because you're just signing people that like are little like gem darlings in the analytics community like mishi and benarama like these are guys that other people are looking at Palace and being like, fuck, that's good business. Like, what the fuck, man? Mm. And the good thing is, like, the Ben Rama stuff, it doesn't mean... Like, the Michi signing is also, it seems to me, a bit of like a, a placate Zaha. Not a replace Zaha, but placating, because mm-hmm. he abs- they absolutely fucking loved each other and they had a really good connection going when Michi was here last time. And so putting Ben Rama in doesn't... Again, everyone will ask every time Palace make a signing, oh, that means Zaha is off. Like, it doesn't. Like it, it doesn't. If you, if all of a sudden you see a massive, massive intent, like potentially he stays. And if we do sign Ben Rama and some of the other players that we're we're being linked with and get those reinforcements, it wouldn't be the end of the world then if Zaha went because you've got you've still got creativity then spread across the team at some point to level up. You know, if you've got one player who's three steps ahead of every other else in the team, but you can sell him and level up three positions like by one and another position by two, well, then that's that's what you need in the Premier League. Because otherwise, if you lose one player, you're fucked. And like, obviously, this is at different levels, but that's what Liverpool did when they sold Coutinho, right? They turned him into Salah and Mane. And that's what yeah. Chelsea are doing with Hazard. Like, we turned him into a whole bunch of good players. And so, like, sure, it's sort of one level down in terms of the financials of that. Like, you didn't get 200 million for... Or you wouldn't get 200 million for Zaha, but like... Mm-mm. Turning that money into or well spent as opposed to like other clubs. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but other clubs, Spurs after Bale, selling a superstar yeah, and then yeah. spending it poorly on your Nasser Chadleys of the world. Like Nasser Chadley, Vlad Kirakesh, Roberto Soldado, uh, Paulinho and Christian Eriksen. That one worked out okay, but... <laughs> <laughs> Did it? Yeah, not the best one to uh, end Speaking off. of Liverpool, I guess we should move on after 45-ish minutes of Palace. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever his name, the wrestling commentator would say, Jim Ross, oh boy, this was a slobber knocker. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was. Holy Absolute, hands-down, best match of the weekend. We had Liverpool 4, Leeds 3, Liverpool 3.2 on XG, Leeds... 0.3 ah, <laughs> oh. scoring 3 of 0.3 but that was an entertaining match uh, is that because um, Patrick Bamford is so wasteful that his shot was attributed minus 1.7 xG <laughs> <laughs> because it's just like he's just never going to score and like mm, I'm calling him the waste man he's the waste man or the bin man because uh, he's garbage that's his nickname okay 
You're really not happy no, with No, I don't like him. And I love the fact that his price has already gone up in FPL. Brilliant. Yeah, it has, it shows yeah. that people know nothing. <laughs> but yeah, Leeds just targeted the fact that, what well, I've been saying for years, Trent Alexander-Arnold can't defend. Uh, and if he isn't getting the attacking output in the game, which he didn't, uh, Robertson looked far, far more ready to play um, in, in this one that they just kept going, okay, we'll just dink balls over the top and then have our players sprint in. And it was just doing that way each and every time. And it was madness that it was just like a formulaic way of, this is how we're going to score against you. This is what we've, you know, Bielsa's has spent 84 hours with binoculars looking at. <laughs> Did um, he rent a house next to their training ground? Yeah, probably. <laughs> and then Liverpool get four set-piece goals, which the first one shouldn't have been a penalty, guys. It shouldn't have. Yeah, go ahead and talk about that, because you were kind of going off on that a little bit. Let's hear it. Rules changed this year, right? Some rules have changed. The offside rule has not changed. The only thing with the VAR offside is now is that they will not show on the TV the people drawing the lines. They will only show the final result. They've already said that that rule, like, we've got to go through another two full seasons before they'll change that rule about the uh, if your toenail's offside, you're offside kind of thing. But... Because of last year with those goals where it was like a player falls and it touches his arm and then 17 seconds later someone scores and it comes back and kind of killing the game or giving silly um, penalties for um, ball coming off a player's head and hitting their arm and they would have no way at the speeds and, and, and that of the game of doing that deliberately and it being accidental. They've kind of changed the laws. So one of which is if it comes directly off of another part of your body, like it always did, and then hits your arm, it's not going to be given as a, as a penalty. Well, that's exactly what happened three minutes into the game, is the ball comes off of uh, Cox's thigh. <laughs> uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with, it, fun with that this year. Um, directly off of his thigh and then hits his arm. Now, his arm is in a natural position because he's moving to his right with his leg. And when you move, your arms come out. Um, it bounces off his thigh and hits straight up into it. So VAR should have looked at it. And then based on the new laws, not giving a penalty. So Liverpool is back. <laughs> yeah. But also, fun Liverpool, where they have to score four because they're going to concede three is back as well. So I don't know. It's kind of a combination of the two seasons. There is a... To totally just change direction because i agree with everything you said and don't really have anything interesting to add don't want to aggressively agree for 20 minutes yeah um this <laughs> match and to a certain and also the chelsea one but i feel like i'm gonna have plenty enough to say about chelsea so i'll bring it up here oh jesus christ we're still so far away from chelsea hey, we gave you 25 minutes about palace all right my dude like you know <laughs> you get about 80 minutes each week on fucking chelsea yeah sure um no liverpool four united three <laughs> obviously the xg showed very very bad 0.3 xg for Leeds, scoring three is kind of crazy. Um, but this year, I've been trying to sort of expand a little bit beyond just like standard XG and just getting like... Beyond just your waistband expanding. Yes. Cheers. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I, I Well, the, the genesis of this was that I read an article, and it's perfect that we're talking about Liverpool, on the Atlantic about their analytics team the and the head the of Atl- their analytics department. The Atlantic. The Athletic. The Athletic. <laughs> Sorry, I always say the wrong one. The Pacific. <laughs> um... <laughs> Who, by the way, was a former, has a doctorate in astrophysics from Harvard. And now he does stats work for Liverpool. Like, that's how fucking good their analytics team is. They were like, fuck astrophysics and theoretical, like, academia. Come work for us. It'll be fun. Who gives a shit about space? Come look at footballers. Exactly. But uh, 
They described some of the models that they have behind closed doors within. They obviously didn't go into the like the methodology or anything like that because it's all proprietary. But mm. the description of all the different things that they're capable of doing. And there was another article they linked to about Chelsea's analytics team and what they're doing. I was like, fuck, man. These clubs are like way past XG. Like this is like years and years into the future that we will be getting this stuff in those sort of like public sector mm. of analytics. And so I've been making more of an effort to sort of expand and look at different numbers. Chuck's already rubbing his eyes because he's falling asleep. That's fine. Uh, and there's one number that I really <laughs> like at 538 because they're super good at stats, and it's their adjusted goals metric. Now, they don't tell you what the methodology is, but the basic idea of it is that it's it kind of like non-shot XG. It's taking into account a lot more things than just like, was there a shot and where was it? Um, and they it almost always like pretty much perfectly matches up. Um, Wolves 2-0, 2.1-0. Tottenham, Everton 1-0, to 0 But there were two that sort of really, really varied from XG, and one of them was this. Their adjusted goals was 4.2 to 3.2. And so that is fascinating to me when they have leads at 3.2, but their XG was only 0.3. Like, there's such a fundamental difference there. And it's just like, what is that model picking up that XG isn't? And so that's definitely something for me, at least, to sort of keep an eye on as we go through. Chelsea was the other one. It's got to be some sort of algorithmic kind of almost like a viewing bias. It's like, you know, I, I won't rip on him for it, but Bamford scored from what? It was about the edge of the box, right? Yeah. It was, it was closer there. So obviously in a vacuum, if you look at a shot from the edge of the box, it's going to have probably a 0.2 XG, 0.15, something like that. If even, but, yeah. But you look at the situation, a defender's made a mistake, which has played the ball across. The goalkeeper's diving and probably isn't going to get there. He's taken the touch from there and he's basically got an open goal. So then you look at it as a, you know, if you, if, if you were watching it in the game, that's when you say like, oh, he's definitely going to score. Like, yeah, you know, absolutely. So then it, then it probably puts it up to a 0.8. So instantly, if you've gone from a 0.1 to a 0.8, that then scales across the match. Yeah, and I know they also look at like what the score is when a shot is taken because some shots or some goals scored are going to be more valuable than others for different reasons, what minute it is and all that sort of stuff. Um, and for the most part, it like very, very, very closely matches up. I was looking at their numbers from last year as well to the actual matches. But then once in a while, like the XG just totally misses out on something. Hmm. And I think that's part of what was going on with Leeds here because their XG would make it look ridiculous. But the eye test did kind of have it at 4-3 not being that absurd. I don't know how you guys felt about it. But for me, it did seem like – like I didn't look at 4-3 and was like, oh my god, Leeds really got away with three goals there. I was like, Liverpool were better but like not infinitely better, not 4-0 to zero better. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. That's something to keep an eye on. But I found it interesting that they had it at four three with their adjusted goals, even though XG was super duper low. It's a weird one about this the the different XG models you're talking about there because this is going to make me sound really dumb. But I'm just going to go. Why change the habit of a life? But <laughs> well, exactly. When you get to a point where something is showing you ex almost exactly what happened with the goals what's the point like what's the point of it if it's if it's getting to the point where it's basically showing you the scoreline anyway what's what's the point of the stat sort of thing the xg feels like it because it sometimes differs from the actual scoreline you can say you can use it to say oh this team played better put themselves in better positions if you get to the point where stats are just ultimately coming out with what the scoreline of the game was what's that the point probably... of it the smartest thing you've ever said. Absolutely. Like you, you coming in, <laughs> right, you prefacing okay. that with "this is going to sound really dumb" is is almost like when okay. people go, "Oh, only got ninety seven points in FPL with five players to play." Is that 
Is that no, fuck, good? Fuck those people. Is that good? I'm not sure. <laughs> fuck those people. Yeah. Um, that's true, because you can't infer, infer anything from it. If it's just the same as the score, you're like, okay. And especially if it's behind closed doors. Like, I don't know, I was going to put it in a more kind of chuck way of saying, if they're not showing the methodology, could they just make it up after the fa- fact and just put in, <laughs> okay, Liverpool Leeds finished to 4-3, so we're going to put 4.2, 3.3. Okay, oh, we all agreed? We're all agreed, done. I sent. just threw up in my mouth at the thought of someone receiving <laughs> Respectable doing that. Anyone at five thirty eight just being like, eh, no one knows, right? Let's just, oh, no one knows. Horrible. <laughs> Plus or minus point two. Let's um, see what happens. To sort of go back to Ian to your point, I think first of all, yes, that was an incredibly insightful and smart thing to say. So I'm with Chuck on that. Um, from the stats mm. side of it, what you want in a model is one that is correct ninety nine percent of the time, and then has something interesting to say about the 1% where it's different. Because you you do want to be able to predict stuff, like especially from the club side of it. And that's why XG is so preferred compared to anything else we have in the public domain. It's the most predictive. But do pe- and so then when there's like right. one or two teams... But, uh, but that's what's... Do people use it to predict? So, like, they'll say, well, this is Leeds. They tend to get this many go- XG in a game and they're playing this... I, I don't know. Or, or is it more you use these things to to point out where certain players are getting into certain positions you probably I, get I, I don't a know more reliable of... base to build things off of so like so like mm. if you're doing expected points just as xg versus xg like like oscar said before doing his yeah. own one like it's kind of changes the way it is and cannot show the whole story because you don't have a consistency right you could have for five games liverpool generate 5 xg um, but they play the five most recently promoted teams or the five teams that are nailed on to hit 20th to 18. And then you have Man City only generate one, but they play two to five in that time. And so on the model, you'd be like, oh, so this is, you see what I mean? You don't necessarily get the full information of what is correct. So I, I suppose it just kind yeah. of gives a base. I suppose it's more interesting maybe for player transfers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that, ex- that's where it comes into it. For sure, absolutely, one hundred percent, and especially the more like proprietary stuff that the clubs have that's a little more advanced than XG. Like, they really, really know how to isolate like player performance and player value, and that's why Liverpool has been so good at recruiting and all that. XG is useful in two different ways, I would say. Um, and this is a great conversation to have for a first episode of the season for people that are catching on new. Love an XG explainer. Let's get it into it. It sounds like we know stuff because we're actually talking about sports and analytics, but we don't. Well, a little, Os- sometimes. Okay. okay, Oscar does. Oscar really does, <laughs> but he doesn't like to show how much he knows. I blag, and Ian is just... Like, will we'll one time in three seasons stumble <laughs> onto something intelligent, apparently. <laughs> eventually, eventually, if you leave enough monkeys in a room with typewriters... <laughs> exactly. Yep. You know what I mean? Or a lot of feces. Both, preferably. Maybe typing in feces. Who knows? That's, that, now they sound like us. Okay. Just write down a note. Feces equals first 101 episodes. (laughs) There you go. Um, In the short term, XG is really, really useful for describing how well a team played. Because, I mean, everybody has an intuitive sense of like, oh, he really should have scored that. That was an open net, a sitter, versus like someone scores from the 50-yard line. And you're like, what an amazing goal. That only goes in one in a thousand times, right? And so like... A scoreline, especially on a game-by-game basis, can be really misleading. 
as opposed to XG doesn't care who it was take, who it was, who you were playing. It's just a description of like a measure, I should say, of how many quality chances you created. And so that's useful as a descriptor in the short term, one or two games, five games, whatever. In the long term, in the course of an entire season, especially when you're looking at sample size for a couple of seasons, it that's where it becomes useful as a predictor. Um, so, for example, a podcast host might use XG to win the predictor league in a random year because it is the most <laughs> predictive thing. Like, we, you know, you can look at shots, you can look at goal difference, you can look at anything. But of all the stuff that we currently have, the thing that most closely correlates to final table position the next year is some combination of XG and the amount of money that they are spending not on transfers, but on wages. If anyone reads the book Soconomics, highly recommend it for anyone who has a sort of interest in stats type stuff. But they did a really good study in there, or they cited a really good study in there that showed that, like, it doesn't really matter what your net spend is. It doesn't matter what your transfers are. It matters how much you're paying players, because generally speaking, that much more closely correlates to their quality. Um, are you trying so, to say that money incentivizes people to work harder? Yes, I you am. Fucking, you absolute <laughs> capitalist. I mean, I am American, so. <laughs> but yeah, so, like, that's where XG is predictive, is, like, over the big picture. And in the small picture, it's sort of descriptive, I think. But yeah, yeah. any other stats questions? I love this. This is fun. <laughs> no, no, not that I can think of. I think I might. I was think. just trying to think of how we're now going to need to barrel through the next fixtures. But to be honest, well, no one gives a shit about Newcastle West Ham. They Newcastle won by two. Whatever, I predicted it as two 0 Newcastle West Ham. Shit, they don't want to play anymore. That club's about to collapse. Mark go. Noble, Mark shit. Noble came out and tweeted about how the club is so poorly fucking run. Yeah, someone of Mark Noble's temperament and and like absolute club madness doing Which, that is a it's, big deal it's insane absolutely insane that Newcastle can play a game against the team and not be the worst run club in the stadium <laughs> or the best <laughs> or the worst club on the pitch either <laughs> like, both of yeah, those to be fair yeah. insane they have done Newcastle have done remarkable business uh, I do wonder if it's Mike Ashley trying desperately to put them in the shop window so he can carry on saving the high street um, <laughs> but yeah West, West Ham are log yep and from one West team yep. that was trashed to another we had West Bromwich Albion losing 0-3 to Leicester 0.4 to 2.9 no 3.0 on XG uh, so exactly the right scoreline right quote unquote very heavy loaded word take with a grain of salt blah 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 um, any words on Leicester? <laughs> I said Vardy was going to be done, and then he scored a bunch. I still stand by the idea that Vardy's going to be done. I mean, there were penalties. Well, there were penalties. Penalties yeah. help. Yeah, no shots on target against West Brom. Right. So you're all. A, no, I'm not one to defend you, Oscar. As you know. Yes, well aware. <laughs> but I think that's you know. It's. I also don't actually think Vardy's done, but. This isn't evidence that yeah, he is done, not done. Relatively speaking, he's still going to get like ten goals or something, but he's not going to be in the Golden Boot race. Like I, I mean, that's he where I'm won. At. He he won Golden Boot last year and scored twenty two goals. Yes, that's he's going to fall like, off a statistical cliff. He's so old and he relies on pace. Like that just doesn't work out well. But what I just mean in general is chances are he wouldn't be in that conversation anyway because last year was a massively low scoring. When you think. I think the last four seasons, the Golden Boot has been won by people that have scored like 30, 29, 32, something like that. It's higher than that usually. Definitely. I mean, they, they should just give the award to Timo Werner now. Honestly, get it over with. That's fine. <laughs> Team um, no goals, no goal earner. Very good. Very good. Uh, <laughs> Robert Lewandowski. Very good. Yes. All, all very funny things that you said. Uh, Tottenham 0, Everton 1. Uh, Tottenham look like trash. They are a bad team. Speaking of all or nothing, nothing. 
<laughs> we went for the nothing option. Still nothing. <laughs> Season two of nothing. Brilliant. <laughs> Jeff will be pleased. I I wonder because I I finally gave in. My morbid curiosity gave in, and I watched it. And um, yeah. Oscar, you'd be very pleased to know that it is a full. 100 mile an hour Jose Mourinho loving. Oh, we watched it. Don't worry. We're, we're enjoying it thoroughly. You know? <laughs> of course you are. Which is why I think it's hilarious that um, Jose is happy that the Amazon cameras aren't there this year. And it's like, mate, that's the only thing that's showing you in a good light. Like, it's, it's not what's happening on the pitch. A little bit of context is actually helping. It's not your post-match interviews. It's you being a bit of a darling and like coming out and like... Who didn't feel for him when he rocked up on that game, like, just after Christmas and said, my dog died? Like, yeah, fuck. yeah. Oh, that was so sad. You need that, because watching that performance on the pitch, that was fucking shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> you need the context of Jose's dog dying <laughs> to appreciate the manager and the man he is. There was a couple of things, like, there was one really nice link-up between Doherty and Kane, but Doherty probably should have scored. One time where Son played the ball into Kane, but then otherwise it just a bit tired. And Everton look coherent. They are quite Everton are probably the most interesting yeah. team to me right now. Everton mm. could come in like fifth place, and I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think it's likely, but they're in that sort of pack of teams with your Arsenal, your Tottenham, your Leicester, your Wolves. Why did I say at the beginning we wouldn't have hot takes? But just one game, one game week in, Everton are finishing fifth. No, no, no. I said they could because they're in that pack, that second pack. Yeah. I mean, it's been a well-touted stat that um, James Rodriguez created five of the uh, Opta trademarked chances. And, um, like, no no Everton player has done that in two years or something. What was the, in, what was the pointless adjective they put at the end of that tweet? Oh, ha- hashtag creative, hashtag maestro. No, it's, it's not even. It'll be like, oh, James Rodriguez generated five chances, blah, 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 palmed. Like something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's it. And you'll just be totally like, totally random. Um, but they knew their midfield was shit and they went out and bought a very good midfield. I mean, it's the Ancelotti link as well because there's always that thing of all players yeah. coming in, but Ancelotti had Alan at Napoli, maybe another club, who knows? I don't know who these players are, let's face it. So, But knows how the player works. He's had James Rodriguez at at least two clubs when he was at Bayern and Real Madrid and tried to sign him for Napoli, didn't bore him. So he already knows exactly what he can do, how he's going to put him into his mm. system. And then Decore knows the league and so therefore knows about the intensity and those kind of things mm-hmm, and, and, mm-hmm. and knows where he's going to be put in, in, in that team. And it just looked really, really threatening. Like it, like they didn't have to excel themselves because Tottenham were just happy to also let them play, but they just didn't make any mistakes and they just played. I mean, Calvert Lewin had a fantastic header uh, for the goal. Richarlison missed about fourteen thousand shots, which is just <laughs> half of the course, really. Oh, um, that one where he rounded the keeper and then just like <laughs> and he could have just he could have just passed it to Calvert yeah. Lewin. He's just like anyone who's ever played FIFA was like press triangle, press triangle. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Everton, Everton are, are definitely ones to watch, and they're not gonna like for FPL as well because they're not gonna shoot up in price because people aren't gonna be that bothered. Yeah, absolutely. Players that aren't haven't even played yet are gonna rise in price. That's what's gonna yeah. happen. Well, apparently. yeah. So I think similarly to. When we were talking about Palace, though, I think that, that it's so tight in that pack of fifth to ninth, or however many teams it is. You got Tottenham and Arsenal, you have Wolves, Leicester, and Everton, right? And maybe one other team. 
And I, I think of those teams, Everton had the best window. So I, and that might, that might be enough to like mm. put them in the fifth place. Like it really genuinely could be. Everton, Everton need to sort out their midfield. They sign Hammers, Allen and uh, Decore. Spurs need to sort out their midfield. They get Hoiberg. And Dockery, who is not a midfielder. <laughs> yep, that's why I didn't say his name. But I heard something on the Football Ramble the other day that was hilarious. It's like, Spurs haven't replaced a player, really, since Wanyama. And it's like, that's actually kind of scarily bleak <laughs> when you think about it. Jeff, Jeff is going to send me fucking pelters up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> our, our good friend and Patreon, Jeff Petter, is just like oh my screaming at his speakers right now, whether he's in the car or at home or whatever. Spurs were the 13th best team under Poch, and they were the 12th best team under Mourinho. Like, that's just what the numbers were. This is just who they are. They're not a good team. And it's not like they went out and radically changed their squad or made big transfers or whatever. We did say if they can stay healthy, then that's their only way to potentially have a good run. Maybe that's not even enough. Who knows? Like, Hmm. this is just who they are. Everyone was like, oh, my God, Spurs look so bad here. Spurs, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, nah, bro. This is just who Spurs are. And that's what they did. And they lost to a team that's probably better than them. Like, that's not that surprising to me. There we go. Let's move on to Monday then. Uh, Wolves look good, especially for a team that never took a break. So they still look like they're in form because... Well, they they didn't play a single preseason game because they played for what? 370 days continuously last year? Yeah. But they came back and they just took off where they were last year. Wolves look very dangerous. Yep. Uh, Beefy boy Adama Traore looked fantastic in his new role at wingback. Very, looking very beefy. Just imagine how beefy he'd be if he went to the gym. <laughs> never steps foot in a gym. Never, never, never lifted even, once. Can't even pr- pronounce the word. Doesn't even know what it is. Is this just a case of wolves are who we thought they were? I think so. I think they've 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 got kind of a very cogent uh, transfer philosophy. In that, if you're Portuguese, come along. Um, <laughs> they all know how to play with each other. Um, and yeah, Nuno's a good coach. They managed to. I mean, imagine what they would have done last year if they didn't have that many fixtures. Like yeah. they didn't. They didn't. They had a mild drop off at the beginning. Like there was a drop off at the start of the year because they had the Europa League qualifiers and those kind of things, but nowhere near as much of a percentage change as say like Burnley the year before. Which no, I know certainly you, you not. can't you can't really compare the two teams, but relative to their own positions, they really didn't suffer. And then they just kept playing games and kept winning games. And you're like, you should probably get knocked out of this competition now, so you can. Oh, okay, no, no, you're going to go another three <laughs> rounds in that. You're just going to keep playing, and you're going to go to Azerbaijan, and you're going to do this, and like, fuck, and to just sew up the game in what ten minutes, nine minutes against Sheffield United. Like after that, the game was fairly even, but. Doesn't matter. You go two nil up after ten. I'll see you later. Oof. Yeah, absolutely. The rest of that is sort of like an exercise in neither of us wants to hurt ourselves or overly exert ourselves this early in the season, right? Like my only sort of to to sort of give a counterpoint there would be: Are we worried about Doherty leaving, or is nah. Adama's like more of a winger than a wing back? So is he going to be able to make that transition, or what? I think it just changes slightly that wing back role. I mean, Doherty was really good at overlapping, and he would ping in across every so often but he was more about making the the pass to the kind of inside man looping round uh the left back and kind of getting the uh, the through ball on the other side to be inside the box and if you've got a man that can run 80 miles an hour doing that <laughs> it's it's no problem like if you've got <laughs> Triore as the overlapping player not the one who's running forward holding up a player and then passing on like you just get that extra 
even if it's just an extra yard of separation to give you the time to play those balls into Jimenez, who is absolutely lethal and will always just be in the box. I don't, I don't think they suffer for Doherty being gone, really. And uh, and ostensibly, when you see that signing or or sorry that sale of him at first, everyone was like, "That is fucking mad." You're selling Matt Doherty for whatever it was, 15, 20 million. Uh, it, madness. And then you're like, actually, when I think about it, if you just put Traore there, it's probably better. No, and, and with so. Doherty's age profile, I think that was a very, very smart sale. Spurs yeah. fans were like, ooh, and I was like, really, guys? Like, he's old, and you just signed him to a bunch no, of like years. It, like, he's it, still he's going to get a year or two of really, really good play for Spurs. Does it improve Spurs' team? Yes. Is it going to completely improve their standing in the table no no and much like William like Doherty is still a good player and he's gonna perform but I think that from the Wolves perspective or from the Chelsea perspective with William I think it made sense more sense to sell than not Hmm. and so I'm with you Chuck I don't really worry about them he's that he's not a player that you sign and go he's gonna be worth an extra 12 points in the table this year you know what no, I mean? No. Like he, that's that is in no way to say he's not going to have an influence and have an impact, and he's not a good player. But he's not the kind of signing that comes in and you can directly say that guy with what he does will earn us X Y Z. He'll probably earn them less red cards because he's replacing Serge Aurier. <laughs> so that's you know that's a reduction in in some bad stats that you don't want. But yeah, sorry, uh-huh. Jeff. Any, anything to chime in there, Ian, with Wolves? or? Uh... Well, they've made the best signing of the season with uh, Nuno signing on for another three years. Oh, that went. That was today, wasn't it? Yeah. Th- uh, no, it was uh, Sunday, I think it actually oh, went through. That's but, the same thing. Um, three-year deal there, and like Chuck said earlier, it seems like something's being built. So, yeah, nothing nothing more to add other than that's uh, as good as a signing for them, I think. Excellent. So I guess that means that it is time to... <laughs> Kill this quickly because of copyright. Yeah, I got, I got a few seconds left. Ready, ready. Quick, no, you need to talk about it. I really like the the use of the horns. Uh, the French horns give a real sense of almost like a, a hunt, like they're <laughs> they're going out to pursue Good. the rebels uh, in that way. And so I think it's really clever what John Williams has done there. <laughs> Chelsea, <laughs> there we go. go. Yeah. Nick to Nick to win against Brighton, didn't you? Yeah. Absolutely, shit, absolutely. Shit out the win against the Seagulls. Anytime, anytime you can. Oh, by the way, I guess cue the other jingle for this segment. <laughs> oh, they're better than they ought to be. Burnley of the week. Chelsea are the Burnley of the week to start off the season. I absolutely <laughs> love it. <laughs> Oh, it was so delicious because you weren't watching it as well. And so we were, you were like completely turned your phone off and we were just messaging about it. And afterwards I saw like they were Burnley of the Week. I was like, ah, can't wait. Oh my God. Against Brighton. You spent like 300 million quid and you're, you're Burnley in against Brighton. Oh, have a fucking word, mate. Absolutely fucking delightful. Absolutely delightful. <laughs> happy with it. Happy with it. <laughs> you, I mean, so that's obviously, just to go back for a second, that's a fucking testament to how much I love my wife, I guess, that I was willing to wait <laughs> to watch Timo Werner and Kai Havertz's debut several hours. This is true. 
your marriage is built on a very secure bedrock, I must say. <laughs> I, I agree. She's great. Um, so, yeah. So, Chelsea, obviously, 3-1 when it was 1.4 to 1.3 on XG. So, probably a 1-1 draw would have been the most sort of representative of the chances created. Although, the adjusted goals thing that I was talking about did have it at pretty much exactly 3-1. Um, it had it at 3.2 to 1.1. So, not bad. But the story here, obviously... I'm just fucking happy. I'm just really happy. Like, what else is there to say? Um, three goals to, and a win to start off the season. Liverpool overperformed their way to a title last year, so I'm not going to be mad that we overperformed to a three. That's true. That's true oh, oh, okay. This is it's. You're using the Liverpool That's the defense. Thing, yeah. 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 Um, the big story here was other than Kepa being trash, obviously. Timo Werner and Kai Havertz's debuts. Um, let's start off with Timo Werner. That he was fucking spectacular. Absolutely spectacular. Very sharp. Yeah. He was running in behind so much. And it seems like they already had very specific tactical instructions to the moment they get the ball in midfield, look up to see if he's making a run and just boot it into space. Oh, he was a one-man counterattack. It was just like, pew! Is he there? Oh, no, he's not. It'll just be offside a lot. Well, sure, actually. That's a good point. He was caught offside in the Bundesliga last year 43 times. (laughs) By... Far the most for the league. For some context, Wolves were caught offside 49 times. The entire <laughs> Wolves squad. What was Harry Kane? I don't know off the top 89. of my head. 87. But like, this is like insanely high compared to most teams. Like, I think the 10th most in the in the Premier League was like 53. So he's he's like way the hell up there. Mm. And that's because he's fast and he's always making runs. Yeah, but that, yeah, it's that's what happens when that's your, you've got, that speed and those kind of things. Like, Harry Kane's offside a lot because he has to cheat because he's too <laughs> decrepit. He can't do it. Werner, Werner will sorry, do it because Jay. he's hitting that pace, just going, pew! And it was a bit... Uh, you could tell he was so pissed off at the end that he hadn't scored, which... Yes. Well, in the in the post-match, he said if a couple of passes <laughs> had been a bit crisper, it'd have been all right. I mean, Yeah, you know. the notable one there, as much as it makes me sad Barkley. to say... Hi, Barkley. No, it was Ruben, I would say. Ruben's oh, wasted well. chance yeah, in the awful. first... First half, second half? I don't know when it was, but Ruben had a very, very bad game. Well, he was played the, yeah. the, the Chelsea system was... Um, I'm going to be quite difficult. It's quite difficult to put this in the right way. Like, you could say it was a mess, but it's almost like a super fluidity, but without everyone having enough time to know what the other people are about. And so in that way... It becomes a great strength, but is also a weakness. And people, like the amount of criticism for Ruben is insane, but some of it is fairly justified. But also the fact that he's not a second striker. No, not at all. And the system, you talked about the it's, system. It's, uh, is it not quite total football? Nearly partial total football? football. Partial <laughs> equipment. <laughs> okay, yeah, partial football. Frank, Frank Lampard's brand of partial well, look, football. We had five, five to six players that I would say walk straight into the starting 11 if they're healthy or available that we're missing. Pulisic, Ziyech, Kovacic, Chilwell, and depending on where you stand right now, Azpi over Reese James. Nah, Reese James. I, I would actually <laughs> rather they go with Reese James just to get him really going because I think he has insane talent. Look at that fucking goal he scored. Holy shit. That was Vincent Company. Yeah. That was. That was Vinny <laughs> Company's goal. I got hard over. Michael Essien vibes from 2007. Oh. Emphasis on hard. Um... So, you know, you're you're missing five to six starters. Like, that's going to look disjointed. Kai Havertz literally trained with the team three times. 
before that match. I don't think he would have been starting if other people were healthy. I think he, they would have yeah. normally given him time to acclimate to the system and to the players and everything else. And he especially looked like he was worried about stepping on anyone's toes and was like choosing to sort of hang back and not put his mark on the game as much as he would normally be able to, I would think. Nah, fuck that. You don't, you, you aren't, I don't think genuinely as a player, like you come in, you've got a big price tag attached. There's a very good reason behind it because you're creative and, and that you don't hold back because you're scared of upsetting someone. Like in that situation, no, 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 not upsetting. Good. I just think that like he didn't know where his teammates were going to be. Oh, is that why he kept passing to no one or kicking it straight off the pitch? Yes, correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those weren't <laughs> so. Those weren't scuffed passes or anything, though. That was intentional because he wasn't sure who was there because correct. they weren't. All, yeah, yeah, yeah. They weren't he, all he still the doesn't know color. what jersey color we they, wear, so that's part of what happened. In, they blended into the crowd, did they? <laughs> oh, there is no crowd. Okay. Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> No, you know, he had three training sessions. Like, I'm not going to flip out. A lot of Chelsea fans are like, oh, my God, we spent so much money. He blah, 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 they should be you know. they should be worried about how much money they spent on fucking Kepa. Yes, that is much more angry about. I, I don't care I how are. good <laughs> this Mendy kid is, or guy. I, I got to stay saying kid. I assume he's young because Chelsea are buying him. He's like 28. 28. Yeah. A <laughs> um, few years, mate. You'll be calling him all kid. Don't worry I, about it. Fuck you. Um, hope they spend like 71 million pounds just so I don't have to fucking hear about how Kepa's the most expensive goalkeeper of all time anymore. I'm so sick of hearing about that. Oh No, I mean, our half our squad was missing. A bunch of those guys had like no time to train with the team or one training session or three training sessions. Yeah. Like, and we, and we got a 3-1 win. Why would I be yeah. anything other than extremely happy? This is exactly the kind of match last year that Chelsea would have bossed and then not won. Conceded from a corner, conceded from a yeah. set piece, like all of that shit. This is not a thing that would have happened last year, I don't think. It did have shades at times, and, and like I messaged Ian to say that this does still look like a Chelsea that kind of knows they have to score four because they're going to concede three. Kind oh, of absolutely. Thing. And like, and like it, it, you know, you can say it in a flippant way, but also genuinely that it's like there's no real, like, you don't have faith still in the defense, but that's that's not where the money's been spent. Fine. No, but I've but said at the before, same time, like, like, Chilwell isn't that defender. Um, he's better than Alonso. Yeah. Alonso's a wing back. True. Chilwell is an attacking left back, and those are close to each other, but it's not the same thing. So I, I am confident that Chilwell will be at least a little bit better. This was last year's defensive line. Like there was no new anything, in there, mm. so of course we looked mm. shaky at the back. Like, but you're, we were missing reigning player of the year Kovacic. We were missing best attacking player. On the team from last year, Christian Pulisic, we were missing. I, you know, I mean, we talked about this, right? So, like, mm. I'm not, I'm yeah. not flipping out. Timo has been with the squad the longest of the new guys, and he looked like it. He knew he he was very sharp, and so I don't know. Yeah. I'm happy. Mount, I'm just Mount, happy. Mount looked like someone who was definitely playing for his place. Like yes. especially early in that game, he was everywhere. Like he was the one player who was kind of disrupting the most and getting in there and actually winning second balls and and trying like the most like it was a right I've potentially only got one chance here and it might we, no one yeah. might see me for more than 20 minutes until November December right and I, I do it makes me sad as such an intense Ruben Loftus-Cheek fan that he played poorly yes he was kind of out of position he was playing like a false 10 second striker 4-2-3-1 middle of the three type of situation that's not his like preferred place obviously but you got to make the most of the chances you get. And he did basically zero things. Like, sure, mm. I don't expect him to be the best false 10, but, like, do something. And I do think that, like, 
this is really his last, last, absolute last chance to make it at Chelsea. Last year would have been his year, especially with everything to make yeah, a mark, and then he had 13, the fucking injury. 13 months, 13 months he was out. Like, yeah. Because he came so, off the back of the Palace loan, that got him an England selection, and it was like out of that that then he got injured and it was just such a shame like we said at the time you just want to see him play because he is fantastic but I just don't think being that advanced like he's the kind of player that can link the midfield in the front or be in the middle as long as he's got a bit more space to run in and then yes it just wasn't working he was playing where I suspect Kai Havertz will normally play which is as a sort of central advanced mid slash second striker for Werner to play off of um and I think a position that he'd be more naturally suited to, at the, it's definitely as deputizing, would be where Kovacic would normally play, which is where Jorginho was, hmm. which is in the sort of double pivot of the two next to... Because his, his good thing is that he does ball progression. His dribbling is fantastic. And he knows how to transition the ball from midfield to attack. He's not as good as re- at receiving the ball once he's already in attack, which is kind of what they had him doing now. But it is sad. I really do think that, like... He's just going to end up having to go to like a mid-table team, a palace, maybe go back to palace. He, he who was really good there, like yeah, I'll take it. I think his window to make it at Chelsea is is very rapidly closing, and the fact that he played so poorly in this match mm. when everyone else is going to be healthy pretty soon, and Havertz is going to want to play in his natural position, which is where Ruben was today, is is not great. And it's a pretty big gut punch for them all when. Frank comes out and is quoted as saying it was something along the lines of I didn't come to Chelsea to make us an academy club like last yes. year last year isn't what we're going to be that's that's not what we are so you've got to kind of think that like okay you're about man management well Abraham Mount Ruben uh Callum Hudson-Odoi Reese James um who else like all those players it's a bit like all right mate fucking hell <laughs> like so that's it. We're just never going to get the chance or we're going to be farmed out or we're going to whatever. And you know what I mean? After last year, it's a, it's just it's just a very strange thing. I mean, it can easily be taken out of context, but I'm pretty sure that was on like a proper Chelsea page. I, I watched that. It was his press conference before the first match of the year. I watched that whole thing. And I, to put it into a more of a context, someone asked him like, hey, how do you feel like you had almost no expectations last year? It was sort of a free pass this year, obviously, with everything you guys have spent. How do you feel about expectations? How do you think you're going to manage that? And he was like, I didn't fucking come here to finish fourth and bring up a bunch of kids. I came here to win titles. And I I embrace those expectations because those are the expectations that a club like Chelsea Football Club should have on them. I'm here to win. I'm not here to do anything else. And I think my, meaning Oscar Puente, retroactive take on last season and the youth and the academy and all that. It felt at the time a bit like, oh, we're creating this new dynasty. These guys are going to be playing in blue regularly, all that sort of stuff. And then obviously this year we went in and signed a bunch of people in the summer. Just a few. My sort of retroactive take on last year is that we got a lot of information about a lot of, about a bunch of very young players that we would not have gotten information out of in a regular season. And now either we know that Reese James is probably good enough, Mason Mount is probably going to be able to get some minutes, Tammy is going to be able to compete, or the alternative flip side there is they generated a bunch of value if we're going to sell them like we usually do with youth. Like that's kind of our deal is we buy every young, talented person we can find and then sell them at a profit, right? And so like at the very least, if those guys don't end up making it at Chelsea fully all the time regular, we did increase their sale values like by an insane amount 
Like, think about how much we could get for Mason Mountain now. Yeah. Or any of those guys. We could make fucking bank. And yeah, last year, they were just like academy guys that no one really knew or had done well in the championship. So if nothing else, at least we got that. I do think that some of them are going to stick around. But he's. I think Frank is exactly right, man. Like, uh, it was funny over the weekend. I had to keep, like, correcting myself because I'm so used to over the last few years be- watching for the results of, like, a Leicester or an Arsenal or a United and being like, oh, good, Leicester dropped points. Great. That's good for us. And I was doing that. I, was, I got annoyed when Leicester scored. And then, I, and then I stopped for a second and I was like, wait a minute. That's not the level you should be judging fuck yourself. fuck about Leicester. Yeah. yeah, fuck Leicester. Who are they? Like, I'm looking at Liverpool dropping points. I'm looking at City dropping points. If we come less than nine points behind whoever wins, or rather, more than nine points. If we're, we have to be double digits points behind whoever wins the title, at least. Like, that is minimal ex- expectation here. And so I really am looking at the results of Liverpool and, and City and being like, okay, these are the clubs that we need to be hitting the same points. We need to be doing stuff. And we're above Liverpool after one week and we play them next week. Like we, you know, obviously it's just on goal difference and it's the first week of blah, blah, blah. But like we play Liverpool next weekend. We just beat them in the restart. We took them to penalties last year at the beginning of the year. Like we were like right up there in all of our matches, even last year with Liverpool. And that's ignoring all the new guys, right? So like I'm, I'm, it's hard to readjust expectations and it did bum me out. That it's been like four years or however long since like we were a team that cares about title points, not fourth place points. Basically, mm. you turn, we turned into an Arsenal for a few years there, which is like fucking pathetic. Shout out yeah. to Arsenal for being pathetic. I mean, Arsenal turned into an Everton. So <laughs> Right, exactly. And Everton are turning into a Wolves. It's just getting very confusing now. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel great. We got a 3-1 win. We were missing half our squad. Timo Werner looked good. Kai Havertz had a flash of a couple of moments where he looked decent. And he's three days into the squad. Like, I got, I, I think people were expecting, like, oh, you Burnley. Oh, that's so sad. Isn't that so sad? You spent so much money and you Burnley. It's fucking hilarious. It's great. I love that we Burnley because we couldn't have Burnley last year. We never Burnley last year. Mm. And we're going to, like, Kai's going to be much better. That's not what Kai Havertz is going to be all season. And we're going to bring in all these guys. Like, I feel fucking great, man. And we're ahead of Liverpool. There we go. There we go. Hey, I only <laughs> took like 15 minutes there. I'm feeling pretty good. Do you guys want to chime in on Chelsea? <laughs> no. Anything to add? I think I think you've covered it all. I think you're perfectly right to be happy with that result. And like you say, happy that you yeah. overperformed. I think, I think Palace, Palace and Chelsea are the same points. Uh, 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 the same positives, <laughs> you see what I mean? Like Yes. This yeah. week. And the same points. Numbers. That's how it works, guys. That's stats. Um, so yeah, we both, we've all got things to be happy about. Peterborough, Peterborough have got injuries as well. Half the squad. Oh, they're just unlucky. Uh, they weren't. Mm, no, 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 that's happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's happened. You just sold your best player. All right, this is the part of the podcast where I hand it off to someone else because I am yeah. done hosting about the fixtures. So someone else take this away with some listener questions or predictor league or whatever else is yeah. happening now. Invariably, what happens is Oscar takes up eighty percent of the body of the show, <laughs> and then Ian gets none. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I like it that's yeah. fine a very that's brief appearance from Ian's hole <laughs> bringing it back okay. well why don't we why don't we briefly just talk about because Oscar just mentioned it there the um, the predictor league Chuck uh, predictor what, league. what were entries looking uh, like entries in the end entries were strong man we've got 32 people in this year it's crowded it's crowded in there so Blimey. it's good thank you all for entering um, some old names some new names there's a brother and sister team well not team you know what I mean like they're fighting it out against each other Bitter father rivals, and I'm son sure. um we've got yeah. two father and sons in fact um about this um we've got we've got <laughs> wags um two wags in the league um and yeah so it's great so much like uh 
match of the day used to do. I won't be giving out the scores until uh, about game week five because none of it means nothing. But just in case you're wondering, at the minute, I'm beating you two. <laughs> oh, good. This is how it should be, though. You're supposed yeah, you to win this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm not even mad about it, honestly. Yeah. No, that's fine. So, um, <laughs> yeah, stay tuned for that in about five weeks. All right. Great. What Excellent. about the FPL head-to-head, huh? Let's, let's talk let's FPL. Talk about Come what about on. FPL? Oh, I'm not playing this year, guys. Yeah. I've, uh... Well, I was absolutely stunned to find that you're triple captained. Yeah, I did it to be funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, now <laughs> well, it's to be funny, but if it had paid off, I thought it would be funny, because right? that's why I didn't tell you, and I thought, hey, triple captain. You didn't say, you didn't say uh, a fucking To be fair, Mariang, like, he came close, and you think, I th- I'm pretty sure against Fulham last year, like, he came off the bench and got two goals and an assist. So I was like, fuck it. And then just like last year, because you put it on Salah and, yes, yes, and exactly Sterling got a hat-trick last year. Yeah, so, yeah, last year Salah scored one goal. So yeah, wait, exactly all we can infer from this is that next year Aubameyang will score a hat-trick on opening day. Yeah, Definitely. Oh, but yeah, but, 55 points, which is pretty shit when you play a triple captain. But he he got a point. He got seven. So, you know what I mean? That's all right. Yeah, it's a return. Hmm. It's still it's it's early, but there's a lot of people making a lot of moves. Like Kevin De Bruyne and Bruno Fernandez are going to go up in price tonight, even though they haven't played, as well as a load of other players who haven't played. Um, who went up last night? Williams gone up. Patrick Bamford went up. Bamford's Nicholas Pepe up, yeah. went down naturally. <laughs> yeah. Surprised he had any owners to go down. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but. Uh, but yeah, so first blood first to me. Blood. So that's one nil. Although we did say, yeah, you'll probably win and then I'll somehow win on points and it will just be a bit weird. We'll <laughs> tie yeah. But still, you've got to let me have my moment. Yeah, absolutely. And then we've got the Mop League. Um, <laughs> it's just drifting past yeah, I am. it. I am. Yeah, it's one week. It's one week, man. It was pretty shit. Uh, <laughs> that's true. It's true. But, you know, it's one week more than a yeah, clock most of the fucking yeah, last year. Um, shout out to Andy Pempraise, uh, who is currently winning our Patreon League Smashing with a great it. score of 85. Fucking A. That's oh, very good. Who's the last place? Uh, you. Nah, I'm not playing this well, year, thank you very much. Well, Specifically. you wrote a formula of which you were going to pick the team by, and that team is losing. Yes, not good. Uh, it's a work in progress, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not, this, this is not a team built for one, one week at a time, it's built for five weeks at a time, so we'll see what happens, but... Uh... You know, it's an experiment. So this is Oscar's. This is Oscar's community-led. Well, no, not sorry. Stats-led. He usurped. Uh, he usurped team. me. Well, it was more interesting to have you guys play each other. Yeah, but, but I, I already feel like my contribution to this podcast and the miles offside oeuvre is minimal at best. And then <laughs> we also feel that way. Oh. <laughs> It's not time. While we're on the stats robot team, I will not be doing a transfer this week. I want to save it and have two to play with so that we have more options. Still young. That's your fault. There's so much you have to know. Sorry, I just I still have father and son in my head from when I did predict a league earlier. Lovely song. song. Lovely Yusuf Islam. So yeah, what sorry, what sorry Oscar, we were listening. What are you doing with the uh, stats robot? Uh, we're gonna roll the transfer this week. Cool. Gonna roll Just going to roll it. Fair enough. Yeah. It's no changes necessary with a... How many points I stand did by score? those picks. I think... Well, I don't stand by those picks. The model stands by its picks. 
Okay. This is not my team. I need to reiterate that as many okay. times as possible, especially yep. to Chuck. That's it. Because he's going to keep distance. saying that it's my team and it's not distance, my team. Distance yourself from it. <laughs> distance yourself from having John Lundstrom. Uh, he dunk. was inches away from scoring. Nick Pope. So I'm okay with had- that. Oh, d- did you say Dunk? Dunk was also inches dunk. away yeah, as well. Yeah, both of those guys. Harder, yeah, harder to miss than score. And Jordan one. Henderson. Iosi Perez. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, be interested. Be Got interested. wood on your bench. Hey. Um, okay, and uh, yeah, I mentioned Patreon there as well, which is you seamless did. segue. Uh, we have a Patreon. We're not going to like whore ourselves we, out that much, are we? We have eight. We have three new Patreons. Oh, shit. Yeah, we've got, because we've been so long. It is popping long. off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. We've got Tom Townley. <laughs> we've got Padful. <laughs> and Rob Heppenstall. <laughs> <laughs> seemed almost doing yeah. the Lambeth walk. Hey. <laughs> Last one seemed like you were taking the piss somehow. No, no. I'm happy to join okay. all of them. Thanks for joining us on the Slack as well. We still do have some of our Patreons that aren't on the Slack. Come join us. There's lots of good chat. It's not just like three of us talking now. <laughs> even Oscar's joined because he gave in <laughs> to the There's a few more pressure. of us now. Yeah, even I'm in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. now there's a few more people who are ignoring me. Um, it's, I mean, you know, I add some. Fine. Somebody must like my stats work in those spreadsheets because we're getting new Patreons. So. Yeah, you are getting people yeah. requesting the actual information, mate. So if you can send that out. Maybe be... we should not update <laughs> on how the Stats Robot FC team is doing so that we continue to get <laughs> Patreons. That for that the yeah. Spreadsheets are useful. Yeah, I mean, the, the information is public domain. <laughs> but if you want to join in, it's patreon.com slash pod. Um, I might be reading between the lines, but I think that all those guys who joined said it's the best decision they've Probably. ever made. Um, uh, yeah. If anything, they said that because we're a voice of a generation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, some of them have got kids and they still say it's the best decision they've wow. ever made. So, well, yeah, no shit. You know. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> that is obviously yeah. true. No doubt about that. Not having kids is the best decision I ever made. A time drain that only costs you a few dollars a month. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? Oh, God. One day they'll discover this podcast. One day. Fucking hell. <laughs> Finley has. He's in the league. <laughs> Finley's in the f- fucking FBO league and the predictor league now. I'm yeah. blown. God, he's going to start listening soon. Well, he has <laughs> double digits and he's got his own phone now. So, yeah. you know, he could download He could download this on the low and you guys wouldn't even know. Yeah. Hi, Finley. Yeah. Could happen. <laughs> I mean, I hope not. God, that explicit tag. Do you think that's keeping him away? Doubt it. Oh dear, no, probably not. But yeah, Finley, Finley did one about did a fantasy football team about half an hour before the deadline. What a bloody lad! So. I look, I, I look forward to losing to him this year. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Me too. Yeah, I didn't think I'd be usurped by my son at such a young age, but it's sure mate, it's this a Highlander situation, man. There can be only one. Right, let's. Why don't we do some listener questions? It's been a Ooh. while because the format. The format had to change a bit post lockdown because there were so many games. It was we were trying to churn out episodes. Mm. We had to just keep it tight, which is something we've yeah. never done before. No. So, and failed miserably at trying to do that. Exactly. So we thought, but we thought we'd bring back listener questions. So, new Patreon Tom Townley, he asks, burger of choice. Do you like it classic, clean, simple, or do you like every filling imaginable, imaginable, or somewhere in between? Uh, is there any place for an egg? Or a Ooh. pineapple or an avocado in a burger, uh, other than in Shoreditch, where you'd be able to get that sort of filth. So what's your, what's your thinking burger-wise? Well, I have my famous strawberry burger that I brought up a few oh, seasons ago and everyone thought was disgusting. Oh, of course. Yeah, but it's so pineapple's totally fine. I'm fine with that's pineapple. Your, but you said your burger of choice. No, 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 that's not my burger of choice. My burger <laughs> of choice is just like diced grilled onions and cheese. That's it. Like, very you're, not a veg, you're not a veg man, are you? No, 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 no. no. 
Like you're color blind. You're you're color blind in terms of not being able to see the color, and also you like your food to match. Well, Beige. actually, there is a lot of research that colorblind people are pickier eaters because vegetables and stuff looks already rotten to us. Yeah, but- when you see, I must. Yeah, when you see pictures like yeah, uh, yeah. of food that where like you're seeing what a colorblind person sees, it yeah. does look awful. Uh, like, yeah, undiscernible. Yeah, just uh, it must I, be. It takes it must take something out of food. I must it, well, admit. vegetables. It takes the vegetables out of food. <laughs> the health. <laughs> I downloaded an app to do that and and like looked at my dinner oh. with it, and I was like, "Fuck, if I'm eating that, <laughs> like it's just yeah. garbage." That's my life, like, buddy. Oh, that's, why it, that's why. No wonder you're so malnourished. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I yeah. So mine is like ketchup and grilled onions. But if I am feeling spicy, I love a breakfast burger. So a fried egg on top is not bad. Um, and if I, you know, in the summertime, a pineapple or a strawberry on top of a burger, or even inside the meat, if you dice up the strawberries and just put them in as like so a. This is, so this weird. goes back to many episodes ago when we were talking about food and, and Oscar. Uh, what was it? Tripped and dropped some strawberries on a burger. Yeah, no. Um, then... The origin of it was we were at a summer barbecue and the. Burgers were on the same plate as like the fruit plate or whatever. <laughs> cool and so a strawberry just like snuck into the burger and I bit it and I was like, what the fuck is with this burger? And then it was a strawberry and I was like, that's actually kind of delicious. Maybe I'll try this on purpose. And it turned out great. So I love a strawberry. Diced strawberries in the ground beef. Cook the burger. Delicious. But my go-to is definitely onions. I can hear Tom cancelling his Patreon <laughs> membership. <laughs> I mean, he asked about pineapples, so... Yeah, I do wonder whether. It, yeah, I do wonder what his. I'm okay uh, with pineapple in yeah. like a chicken burger. I don't. I don't feel like it has any place in a beef burger. Did you just say chicken burger? Get the fuck out of here! A burger yeah. is a beef, ground beef burger. There's no such thing as a chicken yeah. burger. There's oh, chicken no. sandwiches. Yes. There is. There is. That's why it's called chicken burger. Now I'm. I'm like that guy who rallied against boneless wings at his state assembly house. Chicken fists. They, they should be called chicken fists. Chicken fists. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, oh, we, I tell you what. If there's a gap in the market, Chuck, we should we should have it. Miles offside, chicken Ooh, fists. Oh, they're better than they ought to be. <laughs> uh, all right, come on, you're you're a chef. Let's hear your burger. What do you got? Um, so, well, I was going to say just I like pineapple. If I was to get a chicken sandwich, then in Nando's, uh, <laughs> extra spicy. So, oh, I see. I, mm. First of all, I like my burgers well done. Don't care about this medium rare, any of this bullshit. It gets more flavour. The uh, browning just makes it taste so much better um, with only the slight increased chance in cancer. Um, then I like almost like a mushroom Swiss. It's a trade-off. Like uh, grilled mushrooms uh, and uh, like same as you, Oscar, like fried down onions uh, and then maybe like an Emmental, like Swiss cheese kind of style. Maybe even as a, like a, a dip, like a French dip uh, with a bit of bacon in there with a jus. That's like the best burger for wow, me. I really want to try it. I've read this stuff about smash burgers. Um, oh, do you guys have smash burger over there? They've started to come over here a bit, but I meant kind of more in terms of the cooking theory as opposed to it being a brand. Like, I'm not sure if oh, it is. Oh, there's a chain here, like Five Guys. It's There's one called Smash okay, Burger. Okay, cool. So basically you take the meat, and obviously the idea is you don't want to handle the meat as much as possible because the more it breaks down is then the, the softer it gets, and it's it's not quite conducive to the method. And then you have like smaller patties and then you literally take like almost looks like an old school iron um, and you basically press the burger down into a flat top, uh, like a flat top grill or a plancher, something like that. Directly onto the heat. Directly onto the the, the heated metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And then when you do that, because it spreads out and it's uneven, then the edges aren't so defined. You get real uh, the ratio of the crispiness from the mild reaction to the meat. It just makes it a much better flavor, and I really want to try it. Huh. Uh, so I, yeah, I, you can kind good. of simulate it if you have it at home with like a cast iron pan. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Yeah, that's how I make my burgers at home. I, I, that's like the more normal way to do it here. Yeah, maybe. It's more... Like that's the style in America anyway. Like those, it's normally normally thinner patties, multiples. Yeah. Um, that's starting to to kind of right. have an influx here more. Ian, where are you at on burgers? Like the the sweetness does doesn't jive with me. I'm not. I mean, I would we would be willing to try a strawberry burger as I've said before, but still have never done it because every time I do a burger, I, I would think, oh, do I want to necessarily waste this by then putting strawberry on it that I wouldn't like? Yeah. Um, so I don't like the idea of sweetness. I like the idea of I like acidity, and so I like gherkins and pickles. Yeah, and uh, pickles. I don't know if I'm having that. Then uh, I mean, a pretty a pretty simple cheese. I don't think I'd go like my first thought was like a Monterey Jack, like a chili cheese or something. But I don't know. I don't, uh, it depends what blue. I feel. You want, a black, like. you want a black and blue burger, mate? That's what you want. I do like a black and blue burger. That's a good point, actually. I, I do know, like I, a black I and blue I know you, Stimson. You do, yeah. <laughs> I can cut to the core of you. Yeah. What about chains? What's your burger chain of choice? Burger chain of choice? Uh, I don't know. Cause I don't I'm, really have a chain. I'm not a big burger eater. No, neither am I, to be honest. Like, most of the time, if I go out, I would never have a burger, like... Because ninety percent of the restaurants you go to, it's just that like they have burger on there because something mm. to just appeal for people that don't want to eat a different cuisine, aka American tourists. <laughs> yeah, almost like almost like when you order a Chinese and like there's omelet and chips on there for some reason. We don't have that here, so <laughs> it's really fucking weird. On, on the, the menu, menu they put the... it on there. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't order. I don't order. It's, it doesn't come with it. But the same, like curry, uh, like Indians or curry houses or whatever, will have like chips and whatever, oh, or, like omelet and chips. They'll always on there be as well, like right? a yeah, yeah. Who, who's ordering that? Yeah, who's going there for that? Why? Yeah. Right. So more like your sort of I don't know New Yorker burger, or a lot of sort of gherkins and cheese and. Aren't gherkins the thing that actresses wear on their parts <laughs> for like? It's like a wig. No, that's Merkins. That's oh, Merkins. What's Merkins. a Gherkin then? <laughs> a Merkins a, a pickle. Cock wig. A Gherkins a pickle. Oh, a pickle. Okay, cool. All right, there you go. Yeah. yeah, but I'm intrigued by the fact that you thought. I thought I thought he was going down like I was like they wear wouldn't it like burkers? Yeah, Is he I... thinking of burkers? <laughs> <laughs> that went a strange way. Yeah, okay. sure did. All right, uh, let's go a strange way on the next question. What are we at? Well, well, no, we'll, we'll go back to football. So Jeff Pedder, who's had. He's not listening anymore to this episode, <laughs> is he? So it doesn't even matter that we can answer his question. But um, he asks, uh, what are our predictions for who will win the championship, League One and League Two? Oh, well, this is good. Considering we claim to be a Premier League podcast that, I mean, some hosts don't realise that teams have been in the league for... <laughs> Three, four years. Oscar's, Oscar's honest about and, his. He's addicted I, to success. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the problem is, at the same time, I also can't profess to really care that much. Because I feel like, yeah. if, cause, especially because I have a team that is fairly often in jeopardy of being relegated to said leagues, um, is that then it's like, oh, I've got to learn about another 23 teams. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, yeah, and like, I'd have to get invested. Yeah. Um, but go on, Oscar, I'd be intrigued to see if you could even name some. Now, I, yeah, I did notice this question on the Patreon Slack, and I thought it would be better if I didn't look up what teams are in what league, because it would be more entertaining for you <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah. 
So I genuinely don't even know if these teams are going to be in the right leagues. Uh, I'm going to say, shit, who went down that shouldn't have gone down? Aston Villa. Wait, no, they stayed up. Shit. No, they stayed up. God damn it. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> Are QPR in the championship? I'm going to say QPR if they're in the championship, they'll win it. QPR there you go. QPR is going to win yes, the championship. They are. They are correct. I will, uh, so as an aside to this, I currently have the 538 page okay. open, uh, okay. as I know you love this page, and um, according to 538, QPR have a 7% chance of getting promoted. Oof. Oh, not even. So, yeah, 1%, although it must be said that the championship is much more even in that the odds to win it, like the highest probability is 25%. Oh, that's really low. Yeah. So it is it is quite tight down there. Um, yeah. You could have said Bournemouth. Bournemouth are apparently our favourites to win the championship for some reason. Are they? Um, Watford, second favourites, and Norwich, third yeah. favourites. So the three teams that have just gone down. <laughs> Um, Brentford are kind of the interesting yeah, ones because they, like they've come close. I like, I like Brentford them. do a lot of analytics work too. Like the guys who founded StatsBomb mm, used yeah. to work for Brentford like 10 years ago before anybody had analytics. That makes a hell of a lot of sense. And they've got Ivan Tony as well. They've got the magic ingredient. They've got Ivan Tony. Can I change my answer to Brentford? Yeah, go on then. There you yeah, go. Why not? Right. Brentford, like Brentford's my answer. Let's go. To win the league? Are we saying win the league? Because at the minute, am, Wat- yeah. Watford haven't really changed their team. Apart from Decore. I mean, naturally, they've changed their manager. But Brentford. Brentford. You're saying Brentford. Ivan Tony's Brentford. Ivan Tony's Brentford. Okay. Yeah, fuck it. Championship winners, Brentford. Um, shout out to Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, currently on minus nine points. Uh, mm. Only a 29% chance of being relegated. So, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. When well, you're on minus nine. That's... Yeah. It's <laughs> a bad start. <laughs> yeah. League one. Gotta go Pash. I know they're in there. Yes, please. That's, I, I, that's the only team that I know are in League One. I think Sunderland might be down there, right? Because didn't they get double relegated? Yeah, Sunderland will be up there. Yeah. yeah. But I'm going to go Pash. Uh, so, formerly Ivan Tony's Peterborough uh, have a 4% chance of winning League One. Four. And an 18% chance of being promoted. Bullshit. It's got to be higher than that. Well, you're fifth favourites at that. Fuck. So, so... Hull are favourites to win the league Hull. at 36 Hull? Ouch. Yeah, oh, they just had double relegation. Yeah. RIP Hull. Well, not double relegation. They just got relegated, sorry. Uh, I, don't, Sun- I don't fear Hull in the slightest. But they look like Tigers. Grr. Grant McCann's Hull. No, he's just, he'll do us a favour, Grant McCann. He's old posh. There you go. Um, Sunderland are second favourites at 16%, so it's yeah. quite a big drop-off. Then right. Ipswich. It's bitch. It's 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 whatever. Uh, <laughs> then Charlton. They're not going back up, mate. No fucking way. Uh, and then Peterborough. So, and you're ahead of Oxford. Or what, is about it Pauls- what about is it Portsmouth? You hate? Portsmouth are three percent to win the league, twelve percent promoted. So they're three places okay, behind I you. I feel like these are a bit off a, to me, but fair enough. It's very tight. And what you've got to remember is they've adjusted all of their percentages because there's no crowds at any games. Yeah, okay. As well, so that's made messes of many things. Uh, and uh, Northampton, Rochdale, and Crew. Northampton, fuck the cobblers, fuck them. <laughs> okay. That's the old enemy, that is. There we go. Yeah. I, I agree. Whatever team that was that you guys just said, I hate them also. The cobblers, fuck the cobblers. The cobblers from Northampton. <laughs> Northampton. 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 There you go. Yeah. Supported by Patreon Johnny Worthington, maybe, depending on which week it is. Genuinely did not know that that was a team that existed. 
So, some weeks Northampton, some weeks Norwich, other weeks Liverpool. You can knows? guess which one takes priority. League two, what are we looking uh, at there? League um, two. Now, genuinely, there's a lot of teams in here that I'm like, oh, fucking hell. Decent. <laughs> are there any no, former no. Premier League teams that I would have heard of in League two? Yeah, Bolton. Yeah, yeah Bolton. Bolton. Oh. Yeah, that's they've got to be they've got to be the pick for me. I think. Jesus, they're in League up. Two. Rest in R.I.P. Bolton. Yeah, they, they um, well, they nearly went out of business. Yeah. Are Forest Green Rovers there? I randomly like that club. Yes, I think they are League Two. Um, I mean, they are forty percent to win it, and naturally, new money destroying football thing. Salford, Salford City, of course. Salford yeah. City are the favourites to win League Two after they? what? 10 promotions in, in their 11-year yeah. history. <laughs> they charge up, charge up the pyramid. They're exactly... They're the dream, Oscar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the dream. <laughs> 50, 59% chance to be promoted into formerly Ivan Tony's Peterborough's League One. <laughs> that's, that's okay, so Oscar, known. you're saying Brentford? For League Two, League One, Brentford, whatever league they're in. Championship. Championship. <laughs> Championship, there you go. Peterborough for League One? Yes. Yeah. Good man. Yeah, let's all go. Yeah. yeah. So we're going Brentford, we're going Peterborough, and then Forest Green Rovers. Is that who you're saying? Uh, one of my friends from grad school, his dad was from like that town, I guess, and was a Forest Green Rovers supporter. So I was, we would like get drunk and watch Chelsea matches. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to support Forest Green Rovers because you're so cool about Chelsea. I tried buying a jersey of theirs. It was not available to get to my country. No, no. They're like the environmentally friendly club, aren't they? They are, yeah. I mean, yeah. Green's in the name, and- so... Yeah, yeah, they're super, super about the uh, everything. I think yeah, vegan and anti climate change, like all the all the food they are, trucks they're and the stuff. first vegan club. Yeah, vegan. They complete, like, all the players. Oh, yeah, yeah, all yeah. Turned around Can now. I rescind? <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> no, I'll just eat more meat to make up the difference for them. It's fine. Okay. Oh, good, good. <laughs> there you go then. So, Brentford, Peterborough, and Forest Green Rovers on the move. Uh, and that kind of wraps us up with questions. Let's rapid, rapid, rapid fire fixtures for next week. Do, 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 do. Um, <laughs> our top fixture is, well, Everton versus West Brom. Then we've got Leeds versus Fulham, Man United Palace, Arsenal West Ham, Southampton Spurs, Newcastle Brighton, Chelsea, Liverpool. Big game. Leicester Burnley, Aston Villa, Sheffield United, Wolves, Man City. They're all on at different times. They're all on on TV. Football's back, baby. Touch me. <laughs> That was very succinct. I know, right? Absolutely. Uh, Oscar, thoughts on Chelsea-Liverpool? I will give you 20 seconds. People are going to think I'm insane for saying this, but this is the first title six-pointer of the season, so it's massively important. It's a big statement for either of the clubs to win. Um, 538 has us at about even for Mm -hmm. both draw, Chelsea win, or Liverpool win. Liverpool win is the slightly favourite of the three outcomes, but it's... Pretty close between all three. Um, curious to see if Pulisic is back or Aspi is back, if he even plays above his gems. 20 fucking seconds. And we're done. But I think Liverpool, I think Chelsea are going to win. Okay. As, as early as it is in the season, that would be huge for you. Chelsea are going to win and Timo Werner is going to score. So put your bets go. down yeah, now. Yeah, that's big. Big money. Big money bets on that. Um, yeah, there's a few other interesting ones in there, like Southampton coming back against Spurs. Like, the Spurs then lose to Southampton. Um, Newcastle <laughs> playing Brighton that's another team like it could be interesting to see uh, how that plays out and Wolves Man City is always a good fixture Wolves Man City yeah, yeah it's going to say that is to, interesting to end the game week I mean how long have Man City had since they played a game for fuck's sake like they're the last game on Monday but yeah that would be interesting if they don't like Wolves could hurt them Wolves could hurt them for sure and they didn't end mm. up getting Lionel Messi we never talked about that disappointed nah disappointed but thrilled because that helps Chelsea's title chances so <laughs> 
what Man City not having Messi. That that tends that, yeah, absolutely. that tends to help. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and naturally Palace are gonna win at Old Trafford. So uh big babies. Uh Michi Bashawai to score. Uh anytime. Vina Verna to score Chelsea to win. Anytime. Double up on that, mother lickers. And uh that's where we'll leave you. So thank you very much for today, Oscar Puente. Thank you. Up the blues, evil umpire. Dun 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 Thank you, Ian Stimson. Cheers. And thanks to all of you listening out there. Football's back, baby. We're going on a fucking European tour. Lads, 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 lads. lads.